Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hey everyone, welcome to Wisdom Wednesday. Tessa and I are out this week, but we thought that it would be really great to re-air an episode that is one of our favorites. We went through the list of almost 500 episodes and we both decided that re-airing Jensen Chero's episode from last December would be the best wisdom that we all need for today. So here's a re-airing of our conversation with Jensen Chero. Hello friends, I wanna tell you about Kachava, my all-in-one daily super blend. If you're worried you aren't getting all the nutrients you need or struggling to stay on top of your health, then listen up because Kachava has you covered. Kachava puts everything in your body it needs in one glass so you can have it all. All the superfoods, all the vitamins, all the omegas, all the adaptogens, all the greens, all the proteins, all the benefits for your gut, your skin, your hair, your brain, your muscles, your heart, your whole health. No more compromise, no more guilt, no other nutrition shake does it all like this. They travel to the ends of the earth to source them all and crush it up. Kachava is a powder you take two scoops, just add water, blend it up, and it tastes incredible. They have five delicious flavors. Chocolate and chai are my personal favorite. I drink Kachava for breakfast and it keeps me full for hours. There's no way I could get all of these nutrients in my normal diet. And trying to manage all of the supplements and the ingredients you should be taking, I mean, it's a little overwhelming and very expensive. But now Kachava makes clean, organic, superfood nutrition accessible to everyone. You've got to try Kachava for yourself. Kachava's offering 10% off for a limited time. Go to kachava.com forward slash loved, spelled K-A-C-H-A-V-A and get 10% off of your first order. That's K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com forward slash loved to get 10% off for a limited time. Kachava.com forward slash loved. Welcome back to Radically Loved. I am joined by a very special guest today. She is a New York Times bestselling author and a trailblazer for queendom and kingdoms of all that is badassery. And uh, here she is, Jen Sincero. Welcome back to the show. So good to see and talk to you again. It's so good to see you too. I'm excited because we have, uh, well, your your book that you just wrote, your latest, is on paperback now. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to have you back on because I feel like there was a lot of questions we didn't get to last time. And we had such incredible feedback from when you were on before. The name of the book is called Badass Habits, Cultivate the Awareness, Boundaries, and Daily Upgrades That You Need to Make Them Stick. Oh, mm. and there it is. I forget that we're in a professional studio here at Mod Pod Studios, and you got the cover right there if you're watching the video. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So thank you. I mean, I feel like it's been a, a really long time since we last spoke, but it's not been that long. How how have you been over the last year? How has 2021 oh, treated you? Oh my God. Um, very well. No complaints. And I've been in a bit of a fugue state still. I don't know about you, but I'm still trying to figure out this alternate universe. Is it an yeah. alternate universe? Like, I don't even know, but it's, it's been really, really great on so many levels and so many silver linings on all of it, but it is, I'm not going to lie. It's been a little outer spacey over here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been such an interesting experience the last two years. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's because we've had the opportunity to be as present as we can because we don't know what the hell's mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. <laughs> or if it's just because we're in this sort of um, internalized time that we've all really taken this opportunity to slow down. I mean, I don't really know exactly which one it is. I think it's both. I really do. And I think that slowing down has been such a gift, especially for me. I am a million miles an hour all the time. And it, you know, and it's funny before the pandemic hit, I was like, you know, that was my mantra is to shut up and slow down. Just like listen and go slower. I was like, man, I am powerful. Yeah. I made this yeah. happen. No, I'm just yeah. Kidding. Yeah. No, but yeah. I just, you know, but it really, it's, it's been incredible on that level. Yeah. Yeah. What have been some of the habits that you've uh, implemented into your routine this year mm. that have served as a nice reminder of, of the book that you wrote? Well, you know, I have to say the, the best one has been s- being more intentional every day. Like, um, because I'm going so much more slowly, uh, really trying to stay aware of taking a breath. Like I get in my car to go somewhere and just taking a breath and realizing that I'm, you know, pulling back, um, you know, on a planet in infinite space. I'm also in my car, but you know, you know, being on earth and, and sort of a little more existential at the same time, if that makes any sense, but that doesn't happen for me unless I set the intention to do that, to just remember to stay aware, to not get hooked by the little stuff, to really remember that there's just so, it's such a much bigger game that's being played here in my life on planet earth. And because of this, this sort of existential opportunity that I do think the pandemic has been for me anyway. I mean, my life is so charmed. It's ridiculous, but I, I feel like that has been an awesome habit that I've gotten really good at where I can just sort of be in both places at once. Yeah. Do you think, God, you said something that really struck me just now mm. because I feel the same way. I I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, right? It's like we are very blessed with, mm. you know, having the simple things, having a roof over our head, having yes. food in the fridge and, and all of those different things. But at the same time, I almost feel like where's the boundary where we actually, we get to express how we feel and not negate our our feelings. You know what I'm saying? Like where it's mm-hmm. not, it doesn't sound like we're being ungrateful, but at the same time, we're honoring how we're feeling. Like where do we find that balance? Meaning that because we are so charmed, how dare we say? Yeah, the pandemic exactly. Was awesome. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like it was to not guilt yourself into right. into complaining or not complaining, but like saying like, "Oh, I'm really tired right now." You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Listen, your experience is your experience, regardless of what's happening to other people. You're still a human being, and you still have your challenges and your highs and your lows and all that. So it doesn't mean every time you have a quote unquote negative feeling or thought 
you need to discredit it because you are so charmed. You know what I mean? I think it's important to be extremely aware of it and extremely grateful and give back however you can and all of that for sure and never take it for granted and to allow yourself to be human and to have all the feels. Yeah. How... We have a question from the audience here. Just so you guys know, we have some live live questions. How many days in a row does it take to make a new habit stick? This is George from Pasadena. Hi, George. Well, um, you know, it's funny. Of course, I wanted that number two when I was writing this book. I was going to be the habits (laughs) expert. And I did a 21-day course in the book because Mm -hmm. I had heard 21 days. But the more research I did and the more I paid attention to my own life and my own habits, there is no amount of time. You know, I always give the example of, you know, it, it took me several, several tries to quit smoking until it finally stuck. And, um, I learned to floss my teeth, making flossing my teeth a habit overnight after I got scared out of my mind by a dental hygienist who showed me some very gnarly pictures of diseased gums. I was like, all right, I'm in. So there is no time. I'm sorry to say (laughs) You know, that's so, it's hilarious, right? How we do this. And I feel that that's been one of the reasons why these quick fix diets Mm. work so well with marketing because it's like 14 days or quick, lose it, lose 10 pounds in 10 days, or these things that are sort of shown to us because it it creates this incentive for us to to do something because Mm -hmm. we think it's not going to take long. Whereas opposed to you say, oh, it's going to take George two and a half years to actually get that habit down. It's way less enticing to incorporate a new habit, right? And and I think that also is is similar to the the stuff I talk about a lot with the chunking stuff down. Like 10 days, you can do anything for 10 days, right? And 10 days is, you know, a result in 10 days. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. But that's why that, you know, one day at a time and chunking Mm -hmm. things down into bite-sized actions or time chunks makes it so much easier. So whatever your habit is, if you just take it one little piece at a time instead of overwhelming yourself with how long it's going to take and or how much you have to do, you'll be so much more successful. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Uh, A question from Bianca from Portland is saying, what are the most overlooked but super important habits? In general, in... I think this is a general question. A general question. You know, I would say um, thought habits of thought. You know, we always think habits are things that we do, you know, quitting smoking, eating less, running every day, blah, blah, blah. But getting into the habit of thinking along the lines of what it is you desire to create and who you desire to be. Uh, the habit of focus. What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on all the negative stuff, all the stuff that you haven't achieved, or are you focusing on the possibility and the fun of the challenge of achieving? You know, those sort of emotional and focus-based thoughts um, are really overlooked, I think. Yeah. Well, you talk a lot about boundaries and how Mm. important that is in creating, cultivating awareness. And I mean, to me, the very practical and conventional and prolific wisdom that you write about is what has impacted me so much because it is very straightforward and your voice, it it just somehow, you know, you can read certain things in certain books and then there's just those people that say it and then you get it. And so for me, your writing is very much that, you know, you can position it in a way where I'm like, oh, 
that makes sense. I get it now. Um, so can you just talk a little bit more about the importance of boundaries and why we mm. need to be able to set them for, for us to succeed? Yeah. Uh, Oh my gosh, I love me some boundaries. I've got to say the older I get, the more I love them and the better I get at them. <laughs> and I, I think I put this in the book. My dad was an old Italian dude and he was like, you know, I don't know if you'll get older and wiser or just older and more tired. And I was like, oh my God, dad, that's it. Like not having good boundaries is exhausting. Oh man. Oh my gosh, it's exhausting. Not only are you usually doing a bunch of stuff you have no interest in doing, but then you've got all the resentment that you've bottled up because you're doing it and you don't want to. And they probably didn't even appreciate it or want you to do it in the first place. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a mess. So healthy, clear boundaries are a gift to everyone. And I think the biggest thing with boundaries, especially, and I'm just going to call out the ladies on this one, you know, we've been so trained to put everybody else first and to make everybody else comfortable and to throw ourselves in front of the bus, you know, and do the things other people want us to do that we don't want to do. Um, and there's also other kinds of boundaries, which is, you know, being too controlling or letting other people control you or saying no too often, but the com most common one is saying yes to stuff that you're not interested in doing. And I think it, you know, like everything else, it's a mindset and it doesn't mean, you know, we get into this whole thing of wanting to be liked and um, not wanting to let people down. And as a result, we let ourselves down and we don't really like ourselves and we do end up resenting people. So I think when you shift your um, perception of a healthy no boundary and see it as a gift to yourself and the person. I mean, I sure as hell wouldn't want people to be hugely resentful of me and doing stuff they don't want to do that I ask yeah. them to do. That's not fun for me either. So I think really first working on your perception of a, of a healthy boundary being something that's a really super positive thing is the first step for sure. Yeah, no, I really, I love that. You said something actually that I wanted to ask you. Uh, the last time in, in regard to setting boundaries, in terms of your own, your own experience, how do you set boundaries in a place like social media when it's such a mm. disembodied place, right? It's like we get communication via social media with people that you can't really see. I mean, there's no sort of like, I guess the boundary would be when you choose to engage with people. Mm -hmm. But the reason I ask this is because we are in an age where a lot of authors, people in general, use social media as a way to connect with people. And it's not always the most energy mm -hmm. uh inspiring place, right? Mm -hmm. So how do, how do you, I'm like, that's a great to, way to put it. Very, very yeah. diplomatic. <laughs> how do you, how do you set those boundaries for yourself? Well, luckily I'm a little, I didn't grow up with social media. So for me, it's not, I am not as sucked in as some people. For me, it's actually quite easy. I don't, I, I feel so dirty and exhausted after looking at social media that it's not hard for me not to do it. I mean, really, it feels like, I mean, I literally have this image of my brain just being sucked out into a different reality, which it really is, yeah. right? And it just, it just doesn't feel great to me. And at the same time, I love it because I get to connect with my tribe yeah. you know, all over the world. So I do, I'm very, very grateful for it, but I'm not as sucked in as possible. So I would say it's like any other boundary or habit that you want to create is you've got to get into the specifics. Specifics are the key to freedom. So if you're finding, 
I'm assuming you're talking about a boundary of like being on social media too much. Is that it? Yeah. Is it- yeah. Well, there's two, two different components. Well, mm-hmm. just because you brought it up, there's the mm-hmm. component of yes, being on social media too much, like having the phone attached to your hand 24 right. seven. And then there's the other where you just touching back to what you said earlier about the desire or the need of being liked and how right. that is also oh, feeding yeah. that part of us, you know? Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I'll speak to that first, the being liked part. Um, I think that, you know, that can be such a squirrely little route to go down. And I think the thing that I think is really interesting to look at is not just, you know, you post something on social media and you get slammed for it and, you know, people have their opinions all over the place. It's really important, uh, to remember that other people's opinions of you are really all about them because you can get 50 people saying you're a hack, idiot, moron, egomaniacal fathead. And you can also get 50 people on the same post saying that you are the most brilliant person who just completely changed their lives. So you didn't change anything. You did the same thing. So the reactions are all about them, right? It really kind of has nothing to do with you. So this is why it's not only critical to not pay attention to the negative stuff. And I mean, I do look at it for critical, you know, if I can improve something or if I have screwed up, I am interested in that, but I am not interested if people like me or not, because people who don't like me aren't my tribe, but it's also just as important not to get too caught up in the likes, not to sit around and and roll around in your big fat pile of likes. Right. (laughs) I mean, what that's going to screw you over in the end too. So I think just being really conscious, you know, setting that intention when you go on, just sort of like seeing what your people are up to, connecting to them, but but being very clear that it's not getting internalized because it is not about you. Yes. Oh, man, I could so relate to this. I did a yeah. I did a a couple of yoga classes for this online platform, and I had no idea that. Uh, there was comments below. I had no idea. And so I went back just because I'm I'm creating this new content for the same platform. And I'm like, oh, I want to make sure I don't repeat my sequence. And I went back to this one and then I saw all these comments and I'm like, oh, people are commenting on this. Oh, this is cool. Oh my, Rosie's such a relaxing voice. Oh, Rosie's done it. You know, and then of course you get to the ones that are like, I didn't care for this class. And then somebody else, same. And it's like, it could have been, it could have been like mostly positive. And it right? was, but it's those ones that just stand. I'm like, why? But why, why did they say it? Was right? it something I said? Like what, what did we stay in warrior two mm. too long? Like what, what do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, what was it? Right. You right. Know? And we can wake up in the middle of the night and be thinking of that guy. I know it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it really is, you know, and this is where I find my little existential thing to be so helpful where it's like, just zoom out and be like, it's a yoga class. I'm on a planet in infinite space. Who cares? (laughs) I did my best. I gave it all. And that's all that you should be concerned with. Yeah. And the fact that you're not going to make every single person on the planet. I saw a meme once that's like, you can't make every single person on the planet. You're not an avocado. Every single person on the planet happy, you're not an avocado or like you're not a chocolate or something. You know, it gave different examples and it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. And it's true. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. And it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. 
With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. This app is so easy to use and quite frankly, with the way the economy is right now, it's a no-brainer. To get started, download the free Upside app in the App Store or Google Play. You can use my promo code LOVED to get $5 off or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with your credit card or debit card, and then you can get paid. In comparison to the credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. You can cash out at any time to your bank, PayPal, or e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So download the free Upside app and use the promo code LOVED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 off or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more by using the promo code LOVED. I want to touch back to now mm. the having the phone in the hand mm. constantly. It's mm-hmm. like, how, how do you minimize okay. that? Yeah. So that one does come down to specifics. And really, if it's really an issue, like you, first of all, set up times when you're allowed to look at your phone. Like you have to be kind of strict with yourself and be like, I'm not going to look at it when I first wake up in the morning. Cause it doesn't make me feel good the rest of the day. I can get up and brush my teeth, make a cup of coffee. And then I have five minutes to look at my phone. I mean, to break the habit, give, you know, it's a little uptight, but to break the initial habit of just reach, it's like people who just stick food in their mouth all day and don't think about it. You know, when you start intentionally eating, you really taste your food and you appreciate it. And you think about what you're putting in your body. Same with social media, like just put some intention behind it and really be clear on when you're doing it and what you're doing. And, um, another good one too, you know, and then just making it, you know, there's so many tricks to getting any habit going, but making it easier and harder, you know, if you're trying to quit something, you make yeah. it harder. Um, you know, just put it in a place that's not convenient. Don't always have it lying, you know, keep your phone in a distance. And it's funny, I actually just got this Apple Watch last week. This friend of mine talked me into it. And to be perfectly honest, I mostly got it because I can never find my goddamn phone. <laughs> so that's the only reason I'm wearing this stupid thing. I've never worn a watch oh, my wife, so but that good. part of it is great. Yeah. But man, it dings me and whistles. Every time I go oh, for a yeah. walk, it's like, hey, I see you're walking. I'm like, oh my God, like, shut up. I would like some privacy. So I, um, what is my point here? I, I don't, I personally don't like to be contacted all the time. And I think, and then I was like, what if I just turned off the sound on all of it? And I just checked my, check my texts when I wanted to check texts, not when I'm in the middle of a conversation with somebody and I'm being disrupted. Yeah. I think that is such an interesting aspect to our new culture with all of these devices is you're always interrupted and Mm -hmm. It's so rare, especially now that you get one-on-one with people or you're in a room with another human. And I don't, I want to cherish that, you know, togetherness and not be always over here. Everybody's always over here with the damn phones. Yes. Oh man, I've I've walked into rooms where I've not seen people in a long time and everybody's got their head down on their phone. We've lost that our ability to be bored and to have that silent time. Right. And right. I, I feel like that's such an important way for us to be able to interact or to be bored or to have that space to integrate. I just feel like there's, that's why I feel like we're so, 
you know, tired all the time. So drained you're and right. out because it's like the constant, constant oh, alerts, alerts. If I'm working, if I'm running or something, I might be listening to my phone, listening to music. Mm-hmm. I have to put my phone on airplane mode because if not, it's like the alerts or, right? you know, and it's, and it just upsets me. I get like really upset. Me too. And what is the great input? And this is a thing that, this is another thing that we're all just sort of on autopilot. It's like, yeah. can't miss that text. Can't miss that call. Really? Like, why don't you make it on your own terms and turn all that crap off? And then when you are ready to deal with other people, I just, I, and I've certainly fallen into it. Like I, I can't hear my texts half the time Yeah, and it's fine. Yeah. The world does not crumble. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm going to mm-hmm. try and get, we have some other questions. I'll okay. see if we can get through these. Okay. Um, this is from Roberta in Mexico City. When okay. you have many children and a husband to care for, how do you, how do you remind yourself to stay present? Mm. Listen, yeah, oh, there's a great uh, saying by the Dalai Lama. Um, he's like, you know, everybody should meditate for an hour unless you're really busy and then you should meditate for two. So, um, you know, I think staying present for anybody is really a challenge because we are all being pulled in so many directions. And again, it's just that intention, you know, and just doing your best with it and not beating yourself up or whatever, but just really even writing a note to yourself being like, stay present being like, okay, right, right, right. And then just take a big deep breath. Whenever you look at that note, I mean, I'm a big, I used to always wear a bracelet that every time I looked at it, it would remind me to take a breath and just, mm-hmm. you know, slow down. I feel like I'm talking a million miles a minute. <laughs> <laughs> me and my no, slowing I think, down. I think, right? Well, I think I'm just, I'm excited. And then it's like, we're yeah. trying to, I'm like, I know I have questions. I want to get uh, through them all. Right, and, right. and it's the, you know what it is? It's the time constraint. I, I yeah. find that when I know I want to get through something or I'm like, yes. oh, I'm talking to somebody and we only have this amount of time. It's like yeah. when you're catching up with a friend and you're going to lunch and you have yeah. an hour, you're just like, oh, this is what's going on. And everybody's just... <laughs> I know, it's, I'm, I'm going to lose my voice. Yes, so, so I would say, honestly, just little reminders all over the place and take a deep breath, but give yourself visual cues. Okay, I love the visual cues. Mm. We definitely will make a note of that. I think that's really great. Uh, Hannah in Texas is is, at, is saying, asking, I find myself resenting my to-do list. Mm. How do I set boundaries when you are a people pleaser? Um, okay, so your to-do list, I'm assuming, is a lot of stuff for other people, right? <laughs> um you know, I feel into every single to do and be like, does this bring me joy? Is this something I want to do? And, you know, really connect with how you feel about it. Because as we were talking about earlier, you're not serving them if you're doing it and you do not want to do it. And if you're doing it just to please them and be liked, that's not a good reason. So, you know, I think looking at your to-do list and be like, why am I doing this next thing? And if, and if it's for a reason other than I want them to like me, then evaluate it, but that's not a strong place to come from. Yeah, I love that. Uh, do you have a go-to mantra or phrase you recite to stay present? Well, well, she just said it right now about the breathing, but I, mm. I'll revert back to you. This is from Connie and Redlands. Mm. You know, I don't have a mantra, but for me, it's breath. It really is just pausing and taking a breath, and it's, and I'm really trying to practice it when I'm in conversation with somebody, because as you can tell, I talk really quickly and I'm really excited, but I like to, I would like to be the kind of person who takes a pause and takes a breath and really thinks about what I'm going to respond with a little more consciously. Yeah. 
I like that. I'm going to ask you a just a personal living space question mm. because I'm looking to move potentially. Um, so how you, you lived in LA, mm -hmm. you know, for mm -hmm. a long while. Yep. And, um, you're not in a big city anymore. How right. has that impacted your creativity and just mm. your overall mental well-being? Gosh, it's such an interesting question because I'm always, I love moving and I love novelty and I love new experiences. And I've lately been like, I got to get out of here. It's so small town. Um, but one thing that I've realized is, I realized this years ago, is I've lived in cities a lot. I lived in New York City, Chicago, LA, blah, blah. And I loved it. And I loved the energy of that. And I, But I also have always been a big old hippie. I love hiking. I'm a big nature fanatic. So I was fine living in the city and vacationing in nature. And I realized now it is flipped. And I love living in nature and visiting a city for that hit. So... I, you know, the pandemic has really sort of made it a little bit more difficult for me because I do need that energy and that vibrancy of a city and, I, and we haven't been able to travel as much, but I'm very clear. I mean, I, I mean, seeing a beautiful sunset and staring at a bird all day is fine by me. Like I have, yeah, I love it, but I have to travel or I start to go a little crazy, which I'm going right now because I haven't traveled in a while. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was always my thing too. As long as I get to travel, I'm happy to go somewhere more remote. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like wanting to move to a place where you didn't even have internet. And then I started yeah. to really think about the function of that. I'm like, you know, this might get old if I can't stream a show on yeah. HBO or Netflix or something. You know, like it sounds very romantic. Right. But then Chopping your own wood. Totally. And then I'm like, okay, that'll last. I mean, and I'm terrible. I cannot keep a plant alive. Actually, there's a part in... Uh, the book that I just wrote. I'm like, I, I hate, how do I name drop this? I'm like, the, the book that I just wrote, there's a, a part in the book where I talk about, I just, I couldn't figure out how to explain this because I didn't want to go into the whole story. But I talk about how I'm a plant killer. Like I can't keep a plant alive as much as I try, Jen. And I try really hard, you, you know. Behind your head, that looks pretty happy. It's not real. Oh, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like, I do have live plants out here. I've got a beautiful backyard, but it's it's very difficult for me as much as I try best intentions. And, and I have mm. this desire. I do have a desire to figure out how to mm. keep them alive and how to do this. But somehow I, I encounter this internal block that this belief, right? And I'm mm. going back to the book because okay. it's something that you write about where I believe... I'm a plant killer. Like, I really believe that. And uh -huh. every time I see this beautiful, beautiful flower begin to wilt away, it affirms my failure as a plant mother. And I just don't know how to change this, you know? So well, help me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> help me. Help me. Okay. First of all, I want to ask you, are the flowers you're killing by any chance orchids? Because there's so, I kill those bitches all the time. I've got like six dead orchid plants in my house and I'm pretty good with plants. So if it's an orchid, let yourself off the hook. They suck, okay. they're impossible, okay? Okay. Um, and then I would say there are, I, I would just study it. You know, people have been studying plants and horticulture forever. Just, you know, figure out. And I would start with one plant. Like I'm a big, big believer in starting small, start with one thing that is not an orchid 
and learn all about that plant, what it needs, how you should water, what kind of potting soil it needs and start small. You can do it. I totally believe in you. I used to be a plant killer. This is coming from someone who used to be a plant killer. And my mother sat me down and she's got a real green thumb and explained to me a couple of things that really changed it. So all right, coach, get a coach, man. Okay. You know what? I, (laughs) if you're watching this and you are a plant coach, (laughs) AKA gardener, um, please, uh, send me, send me a note and, uh, let me know if you're willing to coach me. I'm willing to make it worth your while. Um, okay, well, I, I want to be respectful of your time. And this is always such a pleasure and such a treat to be able to talk to you. And uh, again, I just want to thank you for your support. And really your work, your body of work has really inspired me to do what I do and to complete my process in becoming an author. So thank you so much. Congratulations. I'm so excited. I know. I'm excited too. I'm nerve-sighted. I keep saying uh-huh. nerve-sighted. That's you a know, great phrase. Yeah. It, so somebody asked, it's not somebody, several people have said to me when I say, oh, I'm, I'm finally done. It's like, it's done. I mean, the book is, we're getting ready oh for it, her to come out. Uh-huh. Um, people are like, are you are you so excited? Are you so proud of your work? Mm. And I find it interesting because the thing proud, proud of your work, have people Mm. asked this to you? What's Mm -hmm. your response? Um, ish. I don't, I don't, and I don't know if this, I don't know. I mean, I am, I am proud of it. I mean, I'm honestly more proud that I wrote anything because writing is so challenging for me. It's just a bear in the process of it. So for, for me to have the discipline and just to finish anything that is part of writing is incredible, but I don't, I'm not proud, so proud of the success. Cause I don't really feel like I, and I'm proud of my book. I did a good job. I gave it my all, but the success it's had is so far and beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And I, I, I take credit for writing a good book. I, I do feel like it was mostly awesome timing. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I bullseyed the timing on that thing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I love that response because it's honest and true <laughs> and definitely uh, something that I can be in alignment with mm. as well. Because for me, in my mind, it was the exact same process. It definitely was, you know, people, I have author friends that are like, oh, this, I can write books like this and oh it's so God. easy. And, and I'm just, wow, that's great. That's not my experience. <laughs> for, it was definitely a very challenging for me. I, I, it was trying, very trying. Oh. I literally was in the fetal position in my robe on my gravel driveway weeping oh before I finally, got, I mean, if you ever want to feel good about your writing process, you call me. If you're stuck, you just give me a call. I'll make you feel great. <laughs> okay, good. I know I'm not alone. No. Uh, Jen Sincero, everybody. Thank you so much again for, for being here and again, for supporting us. And um, where can people go for more information if they want to connect with you or check out what you're, uh, what you're working on? Uh, my website is jensincero.com and you can also get there by youareabadass.com in case you can't figure out how to spell Sincero. Um, and I and I have a couple, I got, when is this airing? I'm not sure. I'm doing a little Zoom tour because Badass Habits is coming out in paperback on 
December 7th or the 1st. Maybe it's out. I don't know. Sometime very soon. So Okay. Yeah. We're doing yeah. It, it. I think we're trying to coordinate this to Great. where, oh, uh, Mariah, you can just edit this part out okay. so we know, but um, it will, we're trying to have it come out when it comes out. Great. So it'll be Thank during you. that time. So Perfect. we can just cut this and then okay. you can go ahead and just say that now. Yeah. Um, I, you know, <laughs> apparently I can't. Um, <laughs> I'm doing a little Zoom tour around the paperback release of Badass Habits. And I know there's one event on December 7th. And then I don't know if the other one's been scheduled yet, but you know, we'll be doing a couple of things. So it'd be really fun to have you guys on there as well. Okay, great. Yeah. So we'll put the info in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, just hit the info button and those links that Jen just mentioned, including uh, where to get her book, including her website, it'll all be there. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you go to the description below, that information will be there. Be sure to sign up for Jen's newsletter as well. That's where you'll get all of the uh, happenings, etc. cetera. And um, that's, that's it. Uh, I mean, I can continue to go on, but uh, I'm not. <laughs> So thank you all so much for listening and for supporting our show. Please remember to share this, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and share this with your friends and loved ones and everybody who can benefit and everybody can benefit. Uh, Jen, one final question before we sign off is how do you feel radically loved? Oh, in so many ways. Ah, gosh. I think really making a point to connect with the people who radically love me as often as possible. Wow. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, Jen. Thank Thank you, Rosie. This was a blast as always. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.